Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the little uh, um, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Hot, 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 oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. G'day viewers and welcome to Radio Hot Lab episode 135, that zany podcast that takes a light-hearted look at the world of motor racing, local and international, cool emerging technologies, gadgets and barbecues. And barbecues? Aussie style. <laughs> Aussie style? <laughs> With a little touch of English. With no love of the old country. <laughs> no love. No luck. JP, welcome back, mate. Thank you, Johnny. It's good Been to nice be afternoon here, here it's isn't it? It's beautiful. Uh, it's been a bit sort of rainy this morning and only 22 or 21 degrees, but it's a very pleasant evening now. It's all nice and blue. Tuesday the 8th of uh, November. No, December. December. No, November. December. That's right. Hard to believe it's only a few weeks away till Christmas, but you say that every year. Yeah, it's funny. When Christmas comes around on Christmas Day, the 25th, unless you're in Denmark, where it's the 24th, is that right? Because they have a roast dock. <laughs> That's not dock. I remember Alan telling us about dock. <laughs> and then they all hold hands and run around in circles. In the snow? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Naked. Can't, obviously, <laughs> I don't know about that either. But um, it always ceases to amaze me how quickly it's Australia Day. And you go, oh my God, it's been a month it's and a Christmas. day. Yeah. But it's, it's not cool. there yet, so we're all right. It's right. That is absolutely right. Now, viewers, we're um, having a little drink, but before that, we, you may be uh, interrupted by a phone call or two. In fact, we've got uh, Jack Ellsgood, the newly crowned V8U champion, mm. um, 2009, who's um, going to be ringing in for, a, no doubt, a bit of humorous banter. But as usual, very unreliable. Yeah, we've um, been trying to get in touch with him. But no, we've know. been in touch with him lots. But yeah. the problem is you, you can't get in touch with him when you want to get in touch with him. Anyway, you'll just have to As move, in at the moment. move to the bottom of the queue, which um, which which brings me, JP, mm. to the question of what are you having to drink? Good old Cascade Light, Johnny. Cascade Premium Light. Once what have you, you got? Well, mate, you'll be joining me in one of these. It's the old the Jenky. Oh, very nice. That we drove past on that extremely hot day up we did. in the Barossa. Uh, before we went to Rockford, a cab said, mate, I just, I'm, I'm liking this one. Well, it's interesting you should say that, because um, on uh, on Sunday at our uh, company Christmas function, uh, we actually ordered a bottle of um, Jenky Shiraz, which was a 2003, if I remember rightly, but it was off. Really? We, oh, it was truly, and it was a screw cap as well, and we sent it back and said, no, thanks, no more of that. How much was it? It wasn't cheap either. It was about a forty-eight dollar bottle or something. So well, I think that's probably about twenty-eight dollars in the bottle shop. And in fact, last night I happened to go up the road to the Norwood Hotel, mm. the same hotel, the very hotel that I happened to see Ross Wilson and Mondo Rock Daddy Cool last Friday night. I don't go to bands too much, but geez, I had a good time. And since I was, my name was on the door, and 
with a friend who knew the people. It was pretty funny. It was, I, 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 I was actually would have been good. I was patting people, patting him on the back. Oh, he was going, stop, stop fucking doing that. <laughs> yeah. Get me another. I drink. don't know you. Go away. <laughs> but I just, you know, I, I thought how, how I felt good Ross about Wilson. it. But what a I was legend. To, what I was about to say is they had a a, a janky vineyards, uh, Shiraz up there, and I went twelve dollars fifty. I went. That's cheap. I'll take that. What year? Two thousand and three. Really? Took it out of the counter. The guy goes, it's twenty nine dollars. I said, it's twelve. No, no, it's not. It's twelve dollars fifty. He says, show me. So I went round there, and he goes, oh no, that's the old tag. I said, wait, that's not my problem. Exactly. And he goes, well, I'm going to give it to you for the right price if you just wait on a minute. And I went, geez, can I have some of your attitude as well? So I thought, being a Dan Murphy's and uh, and uh, the other part of the radio hot lap world headquarters is actually run run here by the, uh, the professional right. exactly. uh, buyer for Dan Murphy's he was a bit uh, um, and also someone with no love of the old country was also a bit outstanding outst- out spoken out outwatted <laughs> he was out of sorts <laughs> wasn't happy Jan Jan that's right right also on the show later on not before we start or not before we finish but or somewhere in between Tim McNeely, the basically the man behind the operation, the secretary of the Mount Buller Sprint. The man behind the man behind the Mount Buller Sprint. Which was run last weekend. Uh, with no love of the Dutton Rally. <laughs> oh. We'll uh, oh, be on a the bit of a chat with blower him. later. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there might be a bit of bleeping. A bit of, ble- a bit of expletives deleted. But we don't edit. We don't. No. So I'll just have to humble out again. Well, mate, are you ready? You or um... no, you just go because I've got nothing. Well, well, obviously the Sydney, <laughs> the Sydney Five Hundred, <laughs> the Sydney Five Hundred has been and gone. Was has been and gone at a very narrow but interesting circuit up at, uh, at in Sydney Home on the Bush. weekend. Funnily enough, that's what's called the Sydney Five Hundred. Home Bush around the Olympic Park, probably uh, a little bit better for uh, the listeners at the track. Yes. Than uh, than expected, although. I'm a bit at odds with the uh, the, the stated attendance figures yeah, by again. V8 supercars versus the gaps in the grandstand seating. Mm. So I don't know what's going on there, but you know it was a sellout event, but there was no one there, sort of thing. Well, there's been a, a fair bit of positive publicity about the whole event, so that's good. I mean, you know, regardless of the attendance figures and fudged or not fudged, but uh, the majority of punters that I uh, saw interviewed or, or heard you know read subsequently all seem to enjoy it quite a few i must say though were only there for the um all the extras the cultures and, and yeah cultures and all that sort of stuff but everybody seemed to pretty well uh, enjoy it the the layout of the track as you said probably was no better or no worse than any other street circuit in terms of you only really get to view a couple of hundred meters either side of where you're sitting if you're lucky and the rest's all on all via the big screens but uh, no, very very positive uh, event. A lot of uh, a lot of carnage there, but I suppose what you would expect. I don't think it's going to be. A, it's definitely not Eclipse or Five Hundred Beta. And um, Turn Eight took a, a a huge amount of uh, casualties there. In fact, it was almost a bit of a strategy for a lot of the drivers that if they held a driver out on the wide wide line there and they turned in on the marbles, if they, they turned into the left hander into into Turn Eight, you know, then they go. Ha, well, you know, I'm just taking my line, but you know, there, there's a strategy there, though. Have I just forced you out, out of the marbles? What a shame! Mind you, having said that, Lee Holdsworth did it on his own. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, 
mean, there's always one. <laughs> but he was leading. <laughs> that does that one. Oh, glasses are down. I've dropped, my, I've dropped my coffee. Oh, Russell Sausage is back. Um, and absolutely the happiest dog in the land. Is she not? Having she looks, e- yeah. e- eating these organic Bright chicken and fluffy dinners. and well fed. And, hanging out with us. But yeah, all in all, um, a great event and um, uh, well done to V8 Supercars and to the, the City of Sydney and uh, yep. the support from the government and everybody around there. And, and, and to Holden. Sorry? And to Holden. Because despite the fact that Winkup won the championship, Holden really won the round. Well, despite, we must congratulate uh, Jamie Winkup, I suppose, for, we for that. Absolutely. For that. And, uh, and commiserations to Craig Lowndes for mm. ending his uh, career at, at Ford for now yes until yep. there's another million dollars on offer <laughs> um, oh, it'd be past it by then though won't he past it he smiles doesn't he well I know that don't have to drive it'd be virtual <laughs> virtual virtual pink experience. pig <laughs> but uh, most of all to James Courtney who has uh, shown after his results at Townsville a total street circuit yes and speaking of Townsville Congratulations must go to Townsville for taking away the award from yes, Clipsville 500. absolutely. And, you know, I think that about was About time. Exactly. It is. They complacent. You're right. No, I don't think they're complacent. Is there some complacency but in Adelaide? It's good to rev them up, and I think that is absolutely fantastic. You're dead right there. You need a bit of change. I mean, look what it's doing from Tiger Woods. <laughs> a bit of change. He's had more change than I've had. Oh, yeah, he's had 34%. I see all the jokes are out. Have you had the emails? Oh, I've had a few, but 30, he's had yeah. 34%. Uh, a, a drop in what? In popularity. There's 34% have gone down. <laughs> and we haven't heard the rest of that. Exactly. And we still don't know how many holes he's played yet because they still keep appearing. What do you call it? This is an eagle, a bogey. <laughs> like, where, where does you go from there? I mean, <laughs> how good can you get? Uh, well, at least get at it pretty good, isn't he? Have you seen the uh, the Nike poster with the Just, just Did It? Anyway. Look, I don't want to get as sordid as you about it because it's just, it's just alleged. It is alleged. You're right. And JB, our old mate JB, got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, that night. shut him up somehow. Well, He's actually gone and bought yeah. Drew Margate's uh, Mustang and has taken mm-hmm. over control of the license for uh, Bianti series. So uh, Glenn Ridge has been, right? uh, has been given the flick. So I thought, I, this is a prime one. I'd go, JB, can I, can I build the... You know, got our relationship there with yep. Aaron Allen Motorsports. I thought, well, JB, can I build a website for you for the new series? And, and, and you're not paying me anything, but promise me. You that's will. That's right. Go, that's never been done before. You go, Johnny, you're in. <laughs> of course you <he> would. <laughs> and it's almost time for a 10-year reunion. How much work would you like to be doing for nothing? Oh, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> we'll share a bottle of red wine. Yeah, that'll do. And St Kilda. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, man. so uh, yeah, Jack Ellsgood uh, took the championship in, in V8 Utes and, and George Medici did a sterling job. And really, he, he just gapped them. I mean, the guy's got out there and he's put down, well, 1.5, 1.3 seconds faster than, than, than Jack, who was in fourth yep. place by the time qualifying came around. The qualifying was actually a bit unusual. There was, uh, and Jack can fill us in about exactly what happened there, but there was um, they had to run two qualifying sessions because only four cars managed to get it through the flag at the end of the second lap. So they really only had one flying lap. Oh, that's ridiculous. So there's obviously obviously some some something uh, weird has happened at some point in the circuit, whether it's a crashy poo or, um, you know, Fogues was out there sunning himself. 
<laughs> Dirty Donna. Yeah. Well, Will Davison, eh? You, hey, you got to congratulate him for getting the Barry Sheen medal. I think that's uh, a, a just dessert for for the year that he's had. Uh, absolutely. No, I, I reckon that, I reckon that, I reckon that's good. He's been a, he's been a he's been a hard charger, and 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 fair. Uh, not a Blake. That, uh, well, he can cop it on the chin. He can. Unlike Winkup, mm-hmm. he's got more chin. <laughs> I mean, he's got the chin to cop. But you know he's already. But, doesn't sort of like, but I'm not going to be doing this again. You know, sort of. It's almost like my. Like, I'm, you know, I, hey, I'm, I'm Marcus Ambrose now. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something else. Well, it won't be three in a row. What, why not? Because it won't. Cause not with the switch to Holden as well. I just don't. I think it's an impossibility. Well, you heard Personally. it here first, viewers. I yeah. mean, you wouldn't hear it anywhere else. Other interesting things which I was very pleased about was uh, that uh, our good friend James Moffat. Uh, has won the Mike Cable Young uh, Young Drivers Award, Young Gun Award. Yes, that's that's good. Uh, yeah, he was he's a great guy, uh, James. And um, yeah, going to go forward. Yeah, like I said, good to see uh, Holden getting a little bit of love back there. And uh, it is. I don't know, but Slim Pickings pretty much all around. Not many, not many other people got a bit of, got any love. Mm. I would have thought given Scafie Best Humorous Commentator Award. Best infiltrator of garages. I think, yeah, because I honestly believe that. See, that's what Scafie's we would give. Had a Is great that, year. We this need year. to have give our awards. He's injected some new life and insights and amusement to the the uh, V8 coverage. Most improved, year. Michael Patrice. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm mm. not. Don't laugh, JP. I'm not just being no, flippant or off-handed no, no, here. No, no, you're, you're quite correct. Yeah, yeah. The the, the most most weird point score award. 91 points for Alan Simonson and zero for James Thompson. Well, yep. funny, they're in the same car. How does mm. that work? <laughs> Let me tell you, viewers, you have to have an Australian licence if you want to score points. Yet, yeah. it does go towards the team's, t- team's, team's tampion. <laughs> <laughs> so, catch your fresh well, tampions. Glad you said tampions and didn't miss the eye out. Anyway. <laughs> I update those every 28 days. <laughs> oh, very good. Or oilier. <laughs> Anyway, Depending maybe about, maybe back to that uh, a little bit later. There's some stuff there that you're going to love. Oh, you're going to love all that. But uh, yeah, uh, mate, uh, I can't help but bring myself back to sports cars because I was it's just. Say, so there's a few few whispers I've heard around things are happening in sports cars. Sports and you cars know all are them. happening, and yes, we've definitely got our fingers on the pulse there. So obviously, as, as mentioned last week, we'll be at Le Mans 24 Hour with uh, Highcroft and and Brabs and doing the the full. Uh, P1 prototype uh, operation, da 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 da. But um, BMW have said, look, we're, we're going to deploy our motorsport energy now into the Le Mans series in, in, in Europe. We're going to run factory GT2s there yep. and we're going to scale back our world touring car operation to two cars. I think that's really great. At the same time, the Le Mans series, uh, which is run by, uh, by uh, Philip uh, Peter, has said, um, as opposed to uh, uh, Philip Petter one with one T and, and, and Petter Solberg don't, yes. don't get, sort of thinking about going confused. sports car racing no, we got enough trouble we got in enough trouble last week with drivers names we don't need to be getting any more <clears throat> well there's yeah there's a bit of pettering going on there but uh, what, what's interesting is that the traditional kick off for the season a compulsory test day uh, next year will actually be 7 and 8 March at, uh, at Paul Ricard the HTTT high tech Test track, yep. which is uh, really was well known because of its firstly ownership by uh, Bernie Eccleston, 
um, a uh, unfortunate place where Elio De Angelis lost his life in the BT55 low line of Brabham in a test day when there was insufficient safety operations in place. And uh, close to Nice, uh, in fact, the circuit is known as Le Castellet. Uh, they are now extending uh, a six-hour race for the first time, a 1,000-kilometre race, to yeah. eight hours as the opening race of the season, 9 to 11 April, at, uh, at Paul Ricard, calling the eight hours of Le Castellet. Oh, very nice. That's going to be followed up by um, the Spa 1000, 7 to 9 May, and then on to the first night race of the season in uh, Port- Portugal, Algarve, oh, uh, nice. 15 to 17 July. Bit of a Mickey Mouse circuit. Some drivers like it, some drivers don't. And then a nice one, and I think this is going to be a goodie, and not good for overtaking in Formula 1, but a great driver's track, the um, Hungaro Ring on the 21st to the 22nd of August. Oh, also an evening race, and then finishing up on the 10th to 12th of September at Silverstone, the Silverstone Autosport 1000, which unfortunately clashes with the LNH 500, which is a bit of a deal-breaker for some drivers, which can't be named. <laughs> but nonetheless... <laughs> it would be a bit, yeah. Uh, traditionally so. Mmm, okay. Yes. So we got a bit of a clash back there. I'm going to give that Keithy another ring, mate. Yeah. He just, he's just not, not going to ring us back, is he? He got upset about it. I, I mean, I put him on the speaker. We didn't just, go to Sydney. Hi, you know. See, he's back in the gym again. I don't know what's the matter with him. He's yes. forgotten. That. Back on the lettuce sandwiches oh. with the egg white. But I got a few little uh, sneaky things from the Mexican shop the other day. And uh, very pleasant they are, too. The, uh, these are hot tamales. Hot tamales. Yeah. And some olives, some olafs. Yep. Now, what happened with your olafs? Now, you there were, there's, funny a, olafs there's last a story week. to be told about these olives because these are the great queen green olives that we got from Batiga Rotolo down the road. But incidentally, you just happened to sell some uh, some product at BatigaRotolo.com.au yes. in, uh, in, in Glen Osmond Terrace, Norwood. No, Osmond Terrace. Glen Glen Osmond is Glen Osmond Road that goes up to uh, Eagle Cancel Hill. Cancel that, no Glen. No Glen. Glen's, Glenless Osmond. We all Terrace. got them. We tried. I went in and I said, can I, I'll have some of those from right there. And the lady said, certainly. Yeah, here you go. Here's, your, here's the olives. I said, and then she goes, I'll go and get you uh, some more from the fridge. I said, no, no, that's what's, just, what's there's fine. Undeterred, she turned to the fridge. <laughs> Johnny's stuff's all blown away. Yours? She uh, undeterred. She went to the fridge and and got out a larger container of the things. Well, we brought them back. We did. After saying, "Why don't you try the ones in the in the jar?" And I said, "But I want the cold ones." Maybe that was my mistake because we got them back. And after we tried the show them, last week, tried, tried them. them. They were terrible. They were. They were, they were the raw. worst olives we ever had. So I went, right. I'm going to take it back there. Of course, there was a, you know, a little bit of red wine going on, so I thought of, you know, the bravado was there. I went, hang on, I'll just go down and tell them I'll be out there or lose. <laughs> but the following day, you went I'd, back. I'd settled down a little and was a bit sheepish about it. So what I did was take the fine wine buying manager from Dan Murphy's along with yes. me because I thought, come and have a look at Bottega Rotolo because there's all sorts of European and Italian wines that you Which may be like. interested yes. in. Which he did. Good. Come along and look at which reminds me of some beautiful blue cheese in the fridge, which you haven't tried, and I should have got that out. That's, we've got plenty of other stuff. Anyway, moving right along. And um, and I said, I came in, and there's a lady there all milling around. They said, can, can I help you? I said, I've got something I need to tell you. Just Can we go? I didn't want to scare the other guests. That's right, absolutely not. And she goes, well, what's, what's the matter? I said, these olives, mm. they're not as good as you what they usually are. They, they're tasteless. 
And she goes, oh, really? I said, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, you know, really very yeah. apologetic. I don't want to be rude, but you, you guys just have the best olives here. Now, your quality control is great. And she goes, oh, really? Where'd they come from? I told her the story. They came out of the fridge. So she opened up the cabinet and got went out and tried it. And she said, they taste all right. <laughs> and, and said, yeah, you try one. So I tried one. I went, they taste all right. Doesn't have anything wrong with me. I said, with, with yeah, my taste buds. And I went, yeah. I said, well, try the ones in the container. So she didn't. She opened them up. She goes, they taste the same. I went, <laughs> so like... I got one and I tried one and I went, they do. They taste the same. Right. I feel like a dickhead. <laughs> and I went, Andrew, who was at this time hiding himself in the Spanish wines. As he would do. And was like sheepish about coming over and talking about that. And I went, mate. Try one of these. He did. He went, they're not the olives we had yesterday. I said, they are. <laughs> and then it was explained to me that as they came out of the fridge, they had been too cold and right. required quite a bit of time for the oil to expand ah. out of the olive to create the luxuriousness that we are used to. Well, how about that? Well, she pumped it up, filled the whole container up, sent us on our way with a you know, $500,000 yep. Bag. Yeah, well, and of be, course, yeah. on that basis, we had to spend another thirty dollars on a bit of blue cheese and some extraordinarily expensive biscuit. So Andrew didn't buy any extraordinarily expensive wine. He, no, but he paid for all the other stuff. Oh well, that was good of him. But I had to go out the road and spend one hundred and fifty on the next grocery set. <laughs> well, that's the way it works, isn't it? When you share a house, especially house sharing. So there you go. So uh, viewers, uh, let me tell you, there's nothing wrong. Uh, it was just simply a case With of the olives, quality the olives. So we've got them back here and again now. Yeah, the, these, these, are, these are the ones. I think you will find... Well, the taste's back. And the texture's there. Isn't that funny? Mm. There you go, viewers. Learned we are. So just let your olives get up to a bit of temperature and get some oil happening. Right, now let's get our first guest on. Forget it, good. <laughs> He had his chance. He's had his chance. <laughs> oh. Tim McNeely. From Mount Bull of Spent. Now he'll have forgotten as well. He'll be on the piss or something like that. He'll be useless. <laughs> so, um, as I said, JP, uh, Tim McNeely from Mount Bull of Spent. Basically, the guy who runs everything. There's a few other people that run around. Peter Washington, the event director, but just yep. swans around and signs checks for very small amounts, but the whole thing's run by Timmy. You're there, mate. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hey, buddy. How'd, how'd the event go? I'm sorry we couldn't be there because of that unfortunate date clash with the Sydney uh, Olympic uh, Village uh, Crash Fest Arama. Yeah, all the feedback that I've had today has uh, been just that it's the best event. You mean best better than we've ever done. better than any other event? Well, mate, I, I've, I've been, I've competed in five, I think, or six of the events. I'd, I'd like to know what I missed out on. Damn. Oh, maybe it's because you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you oh, had to that one, didn't you? Where do I send the check? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> no, it was just socially, it was great. The competitors were all, all mixed. There was a heap of new people there, and they all got on really well. Um, yeah, good mix of cars and people. Tell us about um, the interest, the mix of cars and people. Who won it? How did everyone go? What was the categories? Just give us the rundown on the weekend, buddy. Who won? The whites in their Lamborghini won it by, I think, about 30 seconds. Gee. 
bit less than that, I think. Uh, second place was Steve Jones from WA. It is, uh, Co-driving there. Co-driving with Ben Searcy in the McDonald's R35 that he also took the runner-up in the modern position uh, in uh, Adelaide, at Classic Adelaide, yeah, a couple of weeks ago behind Alan Simonson. Earlier on in the year, so he's had a pretty good year. Yeah. Uh, who else? Dean Herridge was third. What about some of the more classic cars? What did we get? Uh, classic cars. Let's have a look. In the... Oh, I should just bring up all the results here. Mate, you meant to have the research done. Just, just make it up. Oh, I've got it here. Rex Broadbank won in his 911 RS. Uh, he won the Classic. Bill Pye. Oh, cool. Car. And a Classic in third place. Shane Woodman and Kylie Castle in their 77 Holden Tirana Rain 9X. The old A9X, eh? Very good. The old muscle car. So that was good. Um, yeah, it was pretty close. From uh, In the modern, from fourth down to sixth. I think they only separated by about five seconds. So they all got switched around. There's a man mowing next door. Well, I think he's got the whippersnipper out. And I, 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 what, are you going to tell him to pull the turn thing off, or am I? I mean, we can't be having right now like that. Episode 135 interrupted by a whippersnipper. I mean, what's going on over there? My mate, this this whippersnippering going on. Yeah, <laughs> next backyard. Next door whippersnippering. Right, didn't you tell everyone that, you know, you're about to record something for the hot lap? Well, we do. I mean, they know. It's just what happens. They're not from oh. here. No. Oh, let me hear you open the door and yell out to them. Mate, they, 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 they come by Christmas Island. <laughs> oh, okay, right, yo. <laughs> so, yeah, all the feedback's been great. We had a lot of um, interest in Lake Mountain, which is coming up on the 20th and 21st of March next year. Yeah, Which will be the, the third round of the Australian Tarmac Championship. Yep. Yeah, tell us about that, Tim. Uh, that's really good news for Mountain Motorsport, uh, mountainmotorsport.com.au, where um, your two premium events, the Mount Buller Sprint and Lake Mountain, is now rolled in with the uh, with Targa Tasmania and the uh, the, the sort of the Rest Point Targa event to be able to create a, a championship. Yeah, no, it's really good. The feedback we've had from all the competitors is just about time, you know. It's about time we've got something organised, which uh, it's all been run under AASA as opposed to uh, CAMS. Yep. And uh, it gives a lot more flexibility, whereas CAMS, I think, were a bit more rigid in the way they did things. So with AASA, Mick Bronk and Heather up at Winton there, they, they've got right behind it, and so have all our competitors. That's no, good to hear. I mean, I know when we came up last year, I think that was the first time I, uh, AASA had uh, been involved, and it certainly seemed to be uh, running very smoothly under under their uh, management. Auspices. Yeah. yeah, and actually, while I'm here, I'd like to actually thank all the guys from Race Solutions, all the officials, JT, the Clark, of course, and everyone else who helped out there, as well as Pacific Tire, who came on board as a sponsor, and they're going to support the event next year, it looks like. We're working on it, but it looks like we're going to take it back to the streets of Mansfield for the prologue. Oh, hey, perfect. that's great. Hopefully, the weather will be um, will be mild enough for us to do that. <laughs> Look, mate, while you're thanking people, what about the people you don't want to thank? Uh, uh, let me give you an example. Uh, Dutton Rally. <laughs> oh, I can't say anything about that. I know you can't. Oh, oh, the formerly Dutton Rally, now the Australian Tarmac Championship. I know, and that, sorry, you're not, you see, you're not allowed to say anything about that, and that's the important thing that we're saying, that we're not saying anything about it. That's right. My lips are sealed. Yeah, 
Absolutely. If there was something to say, you'd say it. But this is what we have to get across to the viewers, that there's nothing to say. There's absolutely nothing to say. Nothing. Okay. Good. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Because, I mean, we could have gone on about it for ages, but, you know, that would just be seeming negative. Yeah, well, because there's nothing to say, I don't think we should dwell on it too long. No, let's not. I reiterate that there's absolutely nothing to say about that. Mate, uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Tell us about how was the social uh, the social time there? Because I think Mount Buller Sprint is one of those events where, uh, by geographic nature, that everybody congregates on the hill. Um, it's easy to have a beer and a pizza at Uncle Pat's together. Uh, it's just it's one of those great events where everybody uh, isn't scattered. Was it much the same again this year? Yeah, it was. We actually had a new rally base up at Alpine Retreat. Um, the guy who, who owns Alpine Retreat, Shane Short, he actually competed in the event in his Audi 80. Right. And uh, did really well. So we sort of moved a lot of the festivities up to our, uh, Alpine Retreat. And uh, he set up the bar with a motor racing theme and it went really well. It wouldn't be complete uh, for having a, an event report without some of the mishaps, mate. Um, who fell off the hill? Well, probably the biggest one was... Um, oh, hang on, let me just go through the details here. Glenn Cripp in his Evo 10, which was prepared by uh, Alan Heafy. Oh. He uh, had a big off. He Greg Cripp? over the edge and slid down the hill to about 70 metres on his roof. Oh, not nice. And uh, the car was held up pretty well. Both the guys were absolutely fine. I couldn't say so much about the car, though. Do you say Glenn or Greg Crick? Glenn. All right. Glenn Crimp from WA. He's probably got one in his neck after that. If not, there it'll be in his wallet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, there are a few other minor indiscretions. Troy Nicholson and Jenna Kelly in their um, modern Monero. They hit um, some armco about three quarters of the way up and ripped one of the wheels off. Ooh. Uh, apart from that, there was, you know, a few minor brushes with uh, Armco or Banks, um, but nothing too bad. What I um, I love about that event is uh, the social nature of it, especially at the bottom when the weather's nice. It's great to be able to be down there, you know, having a coffee with the facilities that are set up, the band playing a little bit in the corner, especially that clarinet uh, and tuba guy. Mate, they're great. Um, uh, I, I know they couldn't make it this year, but... Um, They'll be back next year, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. The weather, actually, this year, I've got to make a comment on it, was absolutely perfect. Um, we started the event on Friday afternoon with a shakedown and two runs up to the Fall Hill. And same on Saturday, Sunday, we had two in the morning and two in the afternoon. On well, Saturday, we managed to fit an extra run in on the Saturday afternoon. And just as well, we did, because the weather was actually perfect, but the... It's probably too perfect. The temperature of the road heated up a bit, and that actually forced the cars to get a bit skatey. And I was actually in the zero car, the last car for the competition cars, and we could just notice that the road was not breaking up, but just getting a bit, a bit uh, slippery. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you'll remember a fair few years ago, um, it, it started to break up at the top of the hill uh, very much um, when the event was run on... Uh, the Australia Day weekend, I no doubt that's uh, clever thinking of, your, of yep. you, you guys, the organisers and the and the, the Mount Buller uh, management team up there to be able to bring it back to a suitable date. But, uh, mate, uh, all we've got to do is get Tony Cochran to move his V8 round at Homebush. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Then you'll be made in the shade. <laughs> and, 
who who did the commentary this year? Was there was the Mozzle there again? Uh, the Mozzle was there in his finest form. Uh, did he have the outrageous the outfit on? The was done by uh, Mozzle and uh, Glenn Ridge, and you know what they're like. They both mm-hmm. take the mickey out of each other. Absolutely. Uh, mate, moving moving away from the event for a bit, uh, you've spent uh, a significant part of this year over working with Newman Haas and in, uh, in the IndyCar Championship. I, I, I know obviously you miss it coming back, I'm not sure if your liver does, but uh, will you be back again next year? Yeah, I will actually. I'm heading over there in uh, in May for the, for the Indy 500 and then I'll probably do two or three races with the team and then head off to Pikes Peak again. Tell, uh, tell the viewers uh, what it's like to be in the death chair at Indy. Yeah. Explain uh, it, mate. You have eyes in the back of your head. It's probably the most spectacular place to watch the uh, Indy 500 from. You're coming past about uh, three or four metres away, doing around 230 miles an hour, whatever that works out to in kilometres. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on. Yeah, and... Uh, one of our drivers, Graham Rahal, he crashed out after lap 50, and uh, the team said, you know, come back and help us pack up, and I said, no, I'm staying out here, it's the best spot to watch the race on. <laughs> I mean, what sort of briefing did they give you on a serious note, Tim, because, uh, I mean, uh, Mount Bullard is a very much an event focused on safety, and, and you're well adverse with that, to be out there doing, a, like, manual lap boards on the outer wall uh, of an oval or the greatest oval race in the world. What 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 do they tell you to do? Like if suddenly it goes wrong, because <laughs> I guess nothing happens small or slowly at Indy. Three words: duck, duck, duck. <laughs> Glad you got those letters right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there was actually a bit of an incident in the pit lane, not far from where I was, where uh, one of the drivers, I think it was EJ his car caught fire. Yep. And um, that was probably two pit bays away from us, and then they doused the flames in water, and he stayed in the car, and they fired up, and out he went again. Unreal. Yep. Oh, buddy, well, good to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time out to talk to us on Radio Hot Lap today, and, and wish you all the best for the future, eh? Yeah, I'd just like to say uh, congratulations to Jack for winning that uh, the alternate weekend event to Mount Buller. <laughs> yeah, mate. If we could get him on the phone, you know, but he's you know he's busy with salad sandwiches today. In fact, today earlier on, like we were having a chat, and he goes, "Look, Johnny, I'm I'm hungry." I, I, and we go into the McDonald's drive-through. I said, "No, nah, Grand Angus, mate. You got to have a Grand Angus." He goes, "No, nah, look, could I have a McDonald's, uh, a, a, a Big Mac? But could you hold the sauce on the left-hand side of the burger? Could you cut that pickle with little curly edges for me? And I'd like three cubes of onion, not eleven. Then could I? Hello, I just hung up. My battery was dying on me. I mean, it's just Jack all over, isn't it? I didn't know it was that fussy. Oh, you should try being in the car. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. Maybe that's why we had um, Mount Buller on the same weekend. So yeah. Anyway, I'll leave that one alone. Yeah. yeah all right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right, uh, Timmy. Thanks, thanks for the call, guys. And I'll speak to you again soon. You Cheers, will, Timmy. Thanks, mate. Merry okay, Christmas. Bye. Bye. Hey, he's one of the good guys of motorsport. He he's a laugh. He's such a laugh. I'm glad they had a good weekend up there. I, was, I actually missed oh, it. Yeah, I've been there sorry, last year. I, I really I, missed it. I'm spewing that it was mm. like a better one, but I think, you know, we we had to do well, a few There's always more. next year. Hey, let's see if we can get Jack on the line. Do you reckon he'd be on the line? No. Hi. Oh, this is Jack. Look. Here you go. It's not actually ringing. Hi, you've reached Jack from Dormitory Residential.
<laughs> well, I tell you, you, we'll give you his number, viewers, and you can ring him. Yeah, yourself. ring him direct and get the interview. That's probably the best idea. Well, JP, you must, must. I've done a lot of blabbing, so it must be your time. Is that right? Well, I better find something to blab about then. Well, I'll give well, you. Well, actually, to... I, I, well, see, this is the thing. I really wanted to talk to Jack about the VA. Well, leave about that because. Well, I've got something here that I'm going to hand off to you because I've done a bit of research and something that'll be very dear to your name, your heart. Two very famous marks are returning to motorsport. One, Chevron. Yes. Two, March. Oh, really? Yes, and uh, what I'd like to do is just give you the... Because I had to print out here. They are, are, are producing a new car, and this is... Uh, it's called a B... The, the GR8 prototype, which will be unveiling in uh, January 2010, obviously, probably at the Autosport International Very uh, show. I'm going to pass you uh, that over because I'm sure you know a little bit more about that. That's the Chevron. Oh, and uh, and here's the Marsh, the 09R Sports 2000 car, which all this stuff, it smacks about brands going up against Radical yep, and Aquila and Mosler. And so I've seen a huge possibility now for our work um, that we're doing here with Aquila in, in, in Denmark. And incidentally, while they're on the subject of, uh, of Denmark, they're actually doing a, a two-day customer test in Zolder yesterday and today. So Lars Eric Nielsen and uh, Alex um, Fredrickson will be there doing that. Alan Simonson would have been able to have gone, but he had promised his girlfriend that he had to take it to Thailand today after finishing third in a 24-hour karting uh, charity race at Copenhagen on the oh, weekend. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and, of course, you know, the, uh, it happens to coincide that uh, the uh, the climate change summit is, yes. is being held to determine just how much damage that event did. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> now, this, uh, this little... Uh Chevron here looks very, very nice, actually. Well, tell the viewers. Well, it's a it basically it's a rehash of the uh, much loved classic V8, and uh, it's it's I suppose you could say it's like one of like a lot of other things these days where they've they've gone backwards in order to come forwards and re-rendered it and modernised it, and uh, it's a it's only uh, here as an artist rendition, but it's a very pretty looking car. Retro's so, the new modern, and two rounds of the GR8 series are going to be run at each. Of eight BARC British automobile uh, racing club meetings, uh, rolling starts. So um, Chevron's hoping to sell a further run of GR8 track day cars after they get um, after they get the thing up and running. So uh, no, I reckon it's going to be going to be very very good. Uh, they're hoping to give it the same sort of robustness and reliability that they uh, that they had originally. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, it looks good. It's hard to sort of just you know uh, blab about it to the viewers when you're still skimming through the um, plans yourself. But if they want to um, learn more about it, and for a very reasonable thirty-five uh, pounds or euros, perhaps I think it's um, euros now. Isn't it? Euros. It's a dailysportscar.com. Uh, <laughs> Malcolm Cracknell, the editor there, will um, will keep you informed with many many um, bits of information without a doubt the definitive place to learn about sports car racing whether it's in uh, the Asia American, European or English marketplace or even further than that like odd places like the circuits around Dakar very unusual stuff indeed now 
What else have you got? Tech time. Tech time. Tech time. Tech time. The March looks a bit crazy, doesn't it? Sorry, we're on tech time. And I'm talking about the March, which looks far too futuristic, but there you go. Well, you've got a little bit of tech time. Yeah, there's um, been some stealth-like silent updates that Apple have uh, released um, without telling anybody. Uh, Probably the most important of which, if you're looking for a uh, 24-inch cinema LED display, um, the price has just dropped by 200 bucks thanks to the strength of the Aussie dollar. So we've gone from $14.99 down to $12.99. So, you know, for the quality of of that display... Uh, particularly in terms of its uh, colour matchability compared to some of the cheaper brands around the place. I think it's a a great move on their part. And what's good about that, uh, JP, that unit, is that it has really great integration, cable integration, that makes it perfect if you're on the fly. Um, Certainly exactly how I work here with with the previous model MacBook Pro and the cinema display. But you just come in on on a single cable. Yep. But having said that, um, there are some com- some supply constraints going on there appears to be with the popularity of the new 27 inch um, iMac especially in the Absolutely. higher end i7 well even uh, in the low end just anything to do with the 27 inch iMac I mean well, we've got orders coming out of our ears and uh, made of unobtainium that's not what you told me before they weren't coming out of your ears oh, alright then but uh, what it does feature is a port that allows the screen to be used as a second display yes so uh, at 2560 by 1440 pixels, which is actually greater resolution than the 24-inch um, um, LCD back screen, it's, uh, and then you've got another computer there as well. Well, it, it, you need to have a look at it um, for, for a little good. bit more. It's it's it, it's confusing, but either way, you're going to be a winner. You would be indeed. Now the other stealth update that they've done is um, for the uh, Mac Pro, the high-end machine. You've now got an option on. Um, the more upmarket um, 3.3 uh, 3.3? 3.3 3.3 3.3 yeah um, well, that's quad core not 8 core yeah, quad core and then there is an 8 core option as well 293 which you can uh, also get in your X-Serve so if you're running an X-Serve and you're up for a new one um, that's a very very good option there you can now configure with uh, new RAM specs up to 28 gig of RAM I think it's 28 gig Something that's absolutely odd, ridiculous. That's an odd mathematical figure. I would have thought 32. Maybe it's 32, yeah. But then again, we have had computers from Apple before that even though you put 8, gig, 8 megabyte, it will only 8 megabyte, yeah. megabyte would only recognise 6. Like well, the even old. the early iMacs, you could put 4 gig in, but they only actually recognised 3. That's right, just need so all the slots filled up. So the other, the other thing they've done with these two is you've now got an option on 2 terabyte hard drives as opposed to the 1 terabyte drives. So... Um, you can get yourself one hell of a lot of storage cranked into them. But you certainly can. I suppose that, you know, it. there's been a lot of discussion, JP, about, well, why would I buy a Mac Pro? You know, when there's got this 27-inch iMac, which has got i7 and, you yes. know, da, da, da. Why would I do it? Well, I mean, the, 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 the key answer is that the I.O. infrastructure within, within the Mac Pro the ability to move data around through different devices is far, far more superior than it is from an iMac, which is a oh, consumer a product. Yes. If you're just a Photoshop retoucher, fine. But if you're really serious about doing like so Final Cut Pro or high-end, video. Or high-end renderings and you yep. need external cards or audio, um, there's no way you can get uncompressed you know, 422 video out without going through the Mac Pro 
solution. That's um, right, and you, you can add yeah, extra cards for to, to uh, you know to bump your rendering up and things as I well. I don't think Apple's articulated that well. I think that they've been very very focused, you know, on a on a uh, getting new customers as opposed to retention of existing customers because anyone who's got a Mac Pro knows that they need to go Mac Pro. I mean, True. There's no video yeah. house that's going to go, oh, let's just go to iMacs. No, oh, well, well they may like, for some of the mock-up mm, sort of stuff, yeah, but at the but end overall, of the day, the grunt work. you've got, got to have Mac the Pro. grunt and you've got to have those boxes which you can then cluster up to be able to do really, really clever you know, high-end renderings. I mean, Pixar, for example, which is a company which Steve Jobs founded. Exactly. Um, and has now been sold to Disney, or, or, or but he is a, a large shareholder of Disney. Of Disney. You know, moved away from the Sun workstations to, to Exerv mm. solutions to be able to do their rendering and ported the RenderMan technology uh, across to that. So which was relatively easy to do because OS X, of course, is running with Unix underneath and uh, moving from Sun to there is not a major well, issue. Well, more so than that, it was that, that, that Steve Jobs sold his Mark yeah. operating system, which is what he designed through his next next, next computer, yeah, which was known knows. as Next Step. Yep. Uh, the Mark operating system was then Gilamilio's choice to <laughs> take, uh, take over from the possible uh, arrival of of Copeland <laughs> and uh, a, a further known operating system which really was was of no use towards the, the 90s. The only competitor there in the marketplace was Jean-Louis Gasset, who had previously worked for Mapel, has the BOS, uh, but he did good crab-filled mushrooms and was an instigator of the clone in the Motorola 604 and 603 EV processor range. But, uh, you know, that's all just like historical It is data. ancient history now. It's Isn't just it? all That's such right, an, yeah. ancient history. Yeah, you can actually share data. Mm. Oh, well. What else has been la, going la. on? La, 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 la. Well, Apple, Apple is yeah. 80 million they've put down on the table to acquire la, la, a streaming, mu- media, streaming music. music media service. Yes. And they've done that. You know, people they go, well, why have you done that? Apple doesn't want to comment on why we've done that or what we might do in the future. It's the perfect... Um, foil to iTunes basically because there are a lot of people out there who are happy to pay a low monthly rate for music that they don't technically own that just streams into uh, their computer, their lounge room, whatever and they don't actually physically own either the media or the actual music. Oh, well, it's a little bit like their, so, their video rental model on iTunes yeah. to some extent where you pay a shorter, you know, an expiry That's expiry right. charge. And so it makes a lot of sense that they would buy into that because otherwise they're treading a line whereby someone else would do it um, in a big way and they're potentially then losing iTunes revenue. So it's a good way to keep iTunes growing. Having said that, on the other side of the coin, one could argue that Lala was a bit of a problem looking to happen for Apple, that people were going, hey, their model works for us rather than... Mm. You know, yeah. Why do we need iTunes? Let's, 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 let's get yeah. there for eighty million. Let's shut you down mm. because we just—that's the end of it. We no, don't do don't. legals. Yeah, well, I suppose, but they're not really shutting it down, are they? One well, could just say an it extra is a string to their bow. No, no, no I, I, I'm, I'm just saying that, and I'm not as a conspiracy theory that Apple may say, look, whilst we publicly are saying that their, te- their streaming technologies and their pricing policy was working was working for us, but it was effectively working in competition to them. Yes. So it's better off for us to require them, shut them down quietly, or appear to be doing so, bring the people on board, because obviously they're some clever engineers, yeah. and, and you work with us, and here's your silence money. Oh, well, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good theory. 
Makes sense to me. Uh, well, that's it. Uh, Autosport Awards have been on in uh, in London overnight. Oh, yes. And uh, there's nothing more to be said other than that about other than go to autosport.com. It's a free service, and, and you'll be explained everything about how Jensen Button won everything and Mark Webber won nothing. Silverstone has also now uh, received the contract for the next 17 years, starting in 2010. They have Formula One. So that's it. Goodbye, Donington. And uh, obviously, Damon well, Hill's a pretty happy boy. I think that's, a, uh, that's probably a very good move. I mean, it's always been the premier circuit. And um, it needed the money spent on it. It needed the upgrades. And, you know, they, they got forced into doing that. And, um, yeah, the BARC, who actually owns the venue, I believe, um, can now securely look towards um, upgrading it all with a knowing that they're going to be getting the return on the investment. Speaking of a premier circuit, it was a bit difficult, I'd imagine, for... Uh, what went on in New South Wales last week with the uh, the, the flicking of the uh, male uh, premier uh, Nathan Rees to be uh, <laughs> to be replaced by uh, what is it, a Christina Caligiuri Rama, <laughs> uh, and, and and then having to turn up at uh, with Tony Cochran yep. and um, and Maddie White there for the TV and, interview and, and going pretend- hi, uh, what's this all about? That's right. <laughs> I didn't sign <laughs> off, pretending to be interested. Yeah, in no, just, but no, but also went. I'm taking all the credit. <laughs> oh, well, thanks very much. As you would. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and the final bit of news I have, unless you have some more. Do yeah, you have no. some more? Do you have some no. more? Do you? No, do you, do you? I've got nothing. Because I've got some meat stories. Because I just thought we were just, you know, going to be talking to Jack, so. Well, we'll ring Jack in a minute. This again. Ring Jack again. We'll ring Jack again. I'm ringing Jack. Hi, this is Jack. You can call David Bowles. Well, I was called David Bowles. I'm going to get an interview. Hi, Rich Jack from Domic Residential. Uh, <laughs> I'm not here again. Number and I'll Still. get back to you as soon as I can. Uh, alternatively, you could call David Bowles, my PA, on 0424 155 106. Thank you. There you go. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hello, Keithy, the new V8 Ute World Champion. Um, mate, uh, thanks for um, uh, the, yeah. the chat. That's but right, we, ringing we, we, in. It was we, great of you to ring in Jack on time. We called David Bowles, and, um, you know, I, all I could say is, mate, and, and to the viewers on episode 135, you, you fucked me around for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll catch up. You and we don't Christmas. edit. And, so, and you know. maybe we'll see you on episode 136, unless you're very quick. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jackie. See you, mate. Bye. Congratulations, by the way. Oh, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> no, good on you, mate. <laughs> Bloody Jack. Oh, he's Honestly. useless. Oh, he's useless. What I mean, are you going to do with him? A salad sandwich. <laughs> I'm going to... we got to send him those salad plates. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just call him Mr. Salad Sandwich. Uh, two more things. One but a little bit of motorsport. final bit of motorsport is it, it does appear that from some of the comments that uh, Michael Shoemaker's uh, father has made, Rolf. Rolf. Not Ralph. Yep. Rolf. Mm-hmm. Harris. <laughs> Was that he's been training every day, and uh, as a result of that, um, yeah, there's speculation from our side of breakfast time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, there is, but then his manager, to BT, his manager just says, "Nah, nothing's happening." Nah, well, I haven't spoken to him. I mean, they're nothing happening. There's nothing happening. I tell you, he's training to become a um, motorbike rider. I've got a bit of distressing news to say. Oh, I can't name the brand. Right. But you will remember last year, yes. a very nice meat product arrived up the road there. A nice meaty steak mm-hmm. from 
a manufacturer of wine mm. from a place where we stop. Yes. You know. Mm -hmm. Well, a day after eating it, I yes. was drastically ill and went to hospital for 10 days. It's been removed from the supermarket and further investigations yeah. have revealed yeah. unnamed sources have suggested that a lot of people have been very, very unwell. Is that right? As a result of eating said product? Who knows? Perhaps handling oh. just thereof well, and inconsistency of quality. So... So when you talk about a variety of sauces, is that like mushroom, pepper? I'm no, I'm not talking no? about. I'm talking about the quality of the cut of meat. <laughs> but I'm going. About, I'm said fat person involved could mm. be in trouble. Class action. Ooh, interesting. Mm, now this is sort of distressing news. Well, but in it some way, you things. know, at least we're getting to the bottom of it. Bottom of it. Mm. And I don't mean. And there was no rump steak involved. There wasn't. Not at all. Now, Glad. one last barbecue thing. Oh, please, viewers! If you're up for, uh, if you've got a, a hooded barbecue, with is that one that can't one with a hood seen, can't be seen? <laughs> gives to the poor that, that you think you might like to uh, whack a turkey or a chicken in. Whack a turkey. <laughs> Jeez, but if you're on your own, oh, whack a turkey. <laughs> um, a turkey roll. <laughs> so, no, not a turkey roll. The real McCoy. But so, and if you've been thinking about that and you think, no, look, I can't do it in that hooded bar. I need a rotisserie. Well, there's a deal at the moment, viewers, I have to tell you. Rush down to your local Raise Outdoors of all places. Now, Raise Outdoors are traditionally known for all the camping gear and all that sort of stuff. We must thank Chris from V8 Central, Mr. Chris, Mr. Chris, for doing the show notes, which he's been a little bit... Uh, Laxadaisical on. Ambivalent. And, well, and that too. Nefarious? <laughs> no, oh, not quite nefarious. Anyway. <laughs> Random. <laughs> so we must thank him. So you can check this out. You can go to actually raiseoutdoors.com.au, I believe, and in their online store you can actually locate it under the barbecue stuff. Or vacentral.com forward slash radio hot. But uh, over the last two or three years, Raise Outdoors has actually been like expanding into the barbecue uh, business. And the other day I was there and I saw this beautiful electric rotisserie that you can convert your little hooded barbecue if you've got the little notches to put the rotisserie in it'll fit from a uh, two burner to a six burner so it's got like collapsible bits that go backwards and forwards little electric motor plugs into the mains 99 bucks oh, mate i'm telling you that when i come around for christmas at your place now that you've invited me i uh, i hope we'll be able to give it a bit of a go well there you are i hope we i hope we will too johnny and on that note on that note must be uh, good night from me. Good night, good night, viewers. Good night, viewers. From him, viewers, and then. Oh, that'll be Jackie on the phone in a minute. <laughs> yeah, Three, two, minute. one. We might have to do an annex. Typical. Yeah, of he's course. Such, he's such a pest. He is, isn't he? Hey. Eh? Oh, well, we might be back. We may not. If you, if we're not back in five minutes, you know he hasn't rung back. Well, we'll cut the five minutes out. <laughs> we don't cut. <laughs> yeah, cutlet. <laughs> <laughs> He's answering service. Oh, it's ringing. Oh, no. Johnny. <laughs> you're... you're kidding us. You're kidding. You're, you're not on the show, are you? Oh, mate, I'm not, am I? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, oh, not if you don't want to be. Wait, uh, is that the world champion V8 Ute driver? Oh, uh, well, that world champion V8 driver is asleep. He's asleep. Would you yeah, like man, to be... I'm sorry, man, I had, um, well, man, I had mixed uh, reception. How about we do it on episode 136? Good idea. That, mate? We'll see you on the next episode, I suppose. Next week. Yes, we Sorry, pal. Thanks, mate. Bye. Cheers, Jackie. Bye, Congratulations. We <laughs> 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 missed the perfect <laughs> finale to the show. Perfect finale for the show. <laughs> Good night, viewers. Good night, viewers. <laughs> and there was a sleepy too. Thank mm-hmm. you.